See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. And in Christ, you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross, and having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them by triumphing over them by the cross. Father, thank you for your grace. Thank you for the joy and the power and the lives that are in your word. Give us soft hearts today, Lord. Make us like little children. Give us ears to hear, hearts to understand what the Spirit wants to say to your children. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him. How did you receive Christ? Uh, not by works. You didn't, you didn't, not by your own merit. You didn't get to the place where you went, wow, you know, I am, I think I'm good enough now to go to church. And I think I'm good enough now to, uh, to be a, a saint of God. That's not, that's not how that happened. In fact, if that is how that happened, you might need to check some things out. Not by your merit, you know, and, and, and certainly having not come to Christ that way, you don't continue in him that way, oh, you foolish Galatians. Not by inheritance. My, I'm thankful for the, the heritage that I had uh, growing up in, in the church. I'm thankful for the heritage that I, that I had in the Lord. But I rebelled against that. I, I rebelled against that. I, I, when, uh, when our kids were, were preteens, uh, Margaret took care of the girls, so I'm not quite sure all that got said there. But I, I, Isaac and I had spent the day together. We we had the talk. And, you know, yeah, we talked about the birds and the bees and stuff like that. But part of what we talked about as well, uh, well, uh, we talked about our relationship. I said, you know, son, over the next, over the next few years, our relationship's going to be a little different than it has been while you were a child. Uh, there may be some times in your teen years when we disagree. There may even be some times in your 20s when we disagree. But the day will come, because I, I'm, I'm telling you now so you'll know, this, the day will come when you'll realize that I'm smarter than you are. Uh, I didn't say that because I, well, I may not be. But anyway, I, I, uh, I said, and here's another thing. I mean, I know that you love Jesus, and Jesus is part of your life. But over the next few years, there's going to be a shift because right now, uh, he is your Jesus, but in large part, he's, he's mommy and daddy's Jesus. And he's going to have to really become your Jesus over these next few years. And so I'm, I'm grateful for the inheritance that I have, but I didn't inherit salvation from my mom and dad. Uh, God has no grandchildren. You can, only, you can only get that from Jesus. And so we continue in him the same way we came to him, which is by faith. And Paul... Paul mentions two outward signs that he gives here so that you'll know that you're continuing in him. One is, he's, is he says to be rooted in him. 
Where are your roots? Now, this is a barometer. So this is, this is news you can use. This is something, this is something that, you can, that you can actually look at and go, okay, this is really where I am. Whenever, you, uh, whenever you're faced with something, where do you turn? Whenever you're faced with a confusing situation, where do you go for wisdom? Really? I mean, do you go to the Bible? Do you get, you get the Bible and, and begin to read it? Do, do you go to someone who's a spiritual mentor in your life and go, hey, this is going on, what, you know, give me some help here, what do I do? Or do you, or do you go to Google? This is a barometer whereby you can, you can, you can tell things. So where do you go when you've got a confusing situation? Where do you go for strength? Whenever you're weak. And where do you draw fresh strength from? Whenever you're in need of comfort, when something disastrous has happened in your life, where do you go for comfort? Now that one we usually can check off. That one we can usually go, oh, I go to God for comfort. Yeah, all right, that, that, that's good. Well, where do you go when you need wisdom? Where do you go when you need strength? You know, wisdom doesn't come from Google. Strength doesn't come from Gold's Gym. If you're rooted in Christ, these things come from God. That's where they come from. So he says, continue in Him, rooted in Him. Jesus, uh, Jesus told a parable, actually in all three of the, uh, of the first three Gospels, about the Word of God going forth and and it was like seed that was scattered on the ground. It says one of the types of ground that it got scattered on was rocky ground. And we tend to think, when, when we think of rocky ground, we tend to think of Middle Tennessee, right? Because that's kind of where we are. You know, it's amazing. My, my ground, my grass, grows rocks. It really does. I mean, I'll, I'll throw all those things away, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm mowing grass, and it's great, and I'm finally done with it, and next year, they are back. Now, either the squirrels are getting those rocks and bringing them back because squirrels are mischievous, disgusting creatures, <laughs> or my grass is growing it. And that's, and that's what we tend to think about. But, but that's not the kind of soil Jesus was talking about. When he says rocky soil, he's talking about a bedrock. It's got a thin layer of soil on top of it. And he says they receive the word and they're, and they're so full of joy. This is... Oh, great, I'm, I'm, I'm saved, Jesus, woo! And then when something hard comes along, they fall away because they have no root. So where, where are you rooted? That's how you know if you're continuing in Him. And then the second hallmark, he said, of someone continuing Him is overflowing with thankfulness. What? I mean, when people think about you, do they... Is one of the things that, that comes to mind is, wow, that, that, that person just seems to always be grateful. That, seem, that person seems to always have thankfulness. That, that seems to be just pouring out of their lives. Is, is, that, is that who you are? In a few weeks, we're going to be, uh, I, I would say, observing Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving will happen. Whether we observe it or not, it's another matter. Uh, we will watch football and eat food, but... And, and probably get together with some people that we know. But uh, it, Thanksgiving, I'm going to bring a whale of a sermon that week. And, you know, just be ready for it because Thanksgiving is something that really ought to be a part. It, it, it protects us and it is a, 
it is a way of knowing if we're rooted, if we're continuing to grow and advance in Christ. And then he goes on to say, you know, to be uh, to continue in Christ. And, and he says, as you do that, see to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy. There are two choices before us, and one is hollow and deceptive philosophy. When we think of that word philosophy, we tend to think of uh, old European men with long beards. And, and, and if you're studying philosophy in college, then that, that, that kind of is what it often is. But everybody has philosophy. Everybody, you, don't have, you don't even have to go to school at all to have a philosophy. You, you got a philosophy. That may not be consistent. Your philosophy this week may not be what you had last week, but you got one. And, and it, it, it determines the choices that you're going to make in your life. The, the decisions that you're going to make is based on what your philosophy are. And there's a hollow and deceptive philosophy that's based on two things. Uh, one of them, he says, is human tradition. And I've, I've, I've shared this a few times, but it's always appropriate for bringing this up. When we were in Zimbabwe, I, uh, I had a man come and visit the school to share about Hinduism. His name was Ashok, Ashok Jalalabadi. And uh, he, uh, he, he came and he had, he had been born in India and he was raised in Hinduism. And his father was in one of the, one of the very high caste. And, uh, and, and so he was born into that caste. And, but he had been converted. He had, uh, he'd given his life to Christ. He had, uh, he'd become a Christian. And there were, there was a pretty sizable Hindu community in the, in the Harare area where we were. And so I thought the students need to know something about this. You know, if they're going to share, uh, Christ, um, they need to know something about it. So I had him come and, uh, and as he was sharing and sharing the things that they believed and sharing the things that he believed as he was growing up, uh, one of the one of the joys of teaching in uh, in Africa, one of the joys, at least in Zimbabwe for sure, is you never had to wonder what the people listening to you were thinking about what was being said. I mean, they would flat out let you know, wouldn't they? Uh, I, you know, and and as they, you know, if they liked what you were saying, they would, uh, you know, they they they'd give it back to you. Yeah, all right. You know, they might get up and high five or, or just, just do anything. And I don't know what's wrong with you people, but, uh, and if they didn't like what you were saying, you, you knew that too. I mean, they, they would, they would let you know that. And as Ashek was sharing what they, they grew up believing, he grew up believing, you know, they were laughing and they were just going, it was like, ah, you know, can you believe somebody believe that? And Ashek said, okay, listen, I understand why you're laughing. But you need to understand that when you grow up in a situation where everybody around you believes this, you're going to believe it too. Now, you know, we can kind of step back and go, oh, yeah, I could see how, you know, that culture is so strong there uh, in India. Definitely, that would that would really influence the way people think. Uh, We live in a culture, too. And let me just say that there was a time, I, I vaguely remember it, but there was a time when our culture was, was pretty much steeped in godliness and, and based on Scripture and based on the Bible. That was decades ago. 
That, that was a long, long time ago. That's not the culture that we're brought up in now. And a lot of the things that we think are based on this, are, are, are based on human tradition. And if the enemy can get you to choose sides, you see, uh, even those who uh, even those who profess godliness, oftentimes it's not really like following Christ godliness or, or even biblical godliness. It's kind of like it's cultural godliness. It's we've chosen the the godly side in, in culture. But but here here's the thing. Uh, let's say there's four different sides to something in culture, and the devil controls this one. Okay, the devil controls this one too, and he controls that one, and he controls this one. Because the scripture says in 1 John chapter 5, the whole world is under the control of the evil one. Now, if he can get you to choose any of those and go, it's where I'm putting my flag, then you've chosen his side. And human tradition has a tendency to definitely take us there. That's one of the things that it is based on. And the other thing is the spiritual forces of this world. The world system is empowered by invisible spiritual forces, and we know some of their names. Fear, greed, lust, pride, ignorance, jealousy, just to name a few. This kind of gets you started and going, okay, these things are spiritual entities. They are, they are spiritual They are spiritual powers, and combined with human tradition, they empower a philosophy that is almost irresistible. Almost. Jesus says when the Antichrist appears, he'll deceive many. In fact, he would even deceive the elect if that were possible. And so we tend to think, oh, okay, that means he'll deceive people who don't go to church. He's going to deceive some people who go to church. He's going to deceive some whole churches because... This is a powerful deception. That's one choice. Hollow philosophy. The other choice that we have, though, is fullness in Christ. And notice that, that, that little word in the middle there, in Christ. This fullness, that's the only place you can go to get it. You, you, don't, you don't get it anywhere else. You have, to, you have to remain in Christ and continue in Christ to be able to have this fullness. What does it mean? I, 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 don't, I don't really know what it means. I mean, it means more than I can possibly know. Eye is not seen, ear is not heard. It's not entered into the mind of man what God has prepared for those who love him. So I think the fullness is probably beyond our understanding. But I, but I, but I do know this, that in Christ, God's, God's power his beauty, his, his, his majesty, his grace, his wisdom, his creativity, his love, all of his fullness is manifested in Christ. And that fullness is available to me. And it's available to you. If I'll remain in him and walk in him. And it, it, it's not a matter of, oh, okay, I want, I want fullness, so I'm going to pursue fullness. No, you pursue Christ and fullness comes. That's, that's how that happens. In Christ, you have been brought to fullness. 
And while I say I don't know what all that fullness is, I want to touch on three things this morning. Three things that I know that we have in Christ that we were created for. And the first one is this. God created us to rule and have dominion over the earth. Genesis Genesis, uh, uh, chapter 1 says, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. Uh, hollow and deceptive philosophy would say, well, we, we've got that. We're getting that. We're, we're getting there. You know, we're, we're, getting, we're getting better. We can make the land produce more than it's ever produced before. We can control the, 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 the floodwaters with, with our... Uh, uh, with our with our system of dams, and we can we can do all of this this stuff. No, no, that that's not ruling and having dominion. Uh, we're able to kill better than we could ever kill before. In Maine, uh, we have achieved the ability to destroy ourselves. We have uh, uh, invented concrete, and we have invented uh, plastic, and we've. Uh, Learn how to burn oil and frack gas and burn coal and, and all make silicone. You know, we can do all this stuff. We can kill any species that threatens us, except roaches, uh, which are indestructible. Uh, but we don't rule. We don't rule. We don't have the dominion that we were originally intended to have. We can't even live in peace with each other. So how can we bring the the peace and blessing of righteous rule and dominion to this planet? We're not getting closer to that. We're getting farther away from that. We've got better toys than we've ever had, but it isn't about the toys. Before the fall, we didn't need weapons to protect us from animals. You know. And Jesus, uh, in G- we can see a glimpse of this fullness in Jesus. Yeah. Jesus had control over such things. You know, hmm, we need a school of fish over there. Cast your nets on the right side of the boat. Now, when you guys go fishing, how many of you have the ability to go I need a fish right here. Jump in this net. Let's see if you got a coin in your mouth. Yeah. No, we don't have that ability. We have sonar. We we can kind of go search them, but they're not going to obey you when you tell them where to go. They obeyed Christ, and in Christ, occasionally they may even obey you. I mean, you know, if you want to be a better fisherman, you need to be in Christ. We didn't, before the fall, need cellars and walls to protect us from the weather. You know, when Jesus was out on, on the boat and the storm hit and the disciples were afraid that they were going to drown and, and they came to him, he didn't say, hey, don't worry about it, guys. No, we're fine. We're okay. We got life preservers for everybody on this boat. And not only that, the, 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 the Coast Guard's just right over there. No, he said, peace, be still. And the winds and the waves stopped. That's, that's 
authority. That's dominion. That, and, and we see that in Christ. We didn't need medicine to protect us from sickness before the fall. We, 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 we ruled. We didn't, we didn't plunder and ruin. We lived at peace and we ate from the abundance that this, that this magnificent gift called earth was able to, to produce. And let me tell you, not all, of, I, I, I'm, I'm thankful for, you know, modern stuff and inventions, but not all of the fertilizer and per- pesticides and, and, and GMO um, seed in the world can even start to scratch the surface of what the planet could produce under righteous rule and dominion and authority. Well, that doesn't have anything to do with farming. It has everything to do with it. Everything to do with it. And so Paul says over in Romans chapter 8, the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation itself was, will be liberated from its bondage to decay. And that bondage to decay was brought about when we fell and lost our dominion, liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom of the glory of the children of God. This is going to happen. I, it, the creation knows it's going to happen. It, it's waiting. It, it's looking for it. And we, we, we're asleep in the light. We're kind of going, well, you know, maybe, maybe one of these days Christ will come back. But in the meantime, boy, wasn't that a great comeback yesterday Tennessee had. Don't know about Christ coming back, but UT sure did. I'm glad UT did, but that's nothing, nothing compared to the fullness that's in Christ. Uh, a, a, a second thing, we were created to be fruitful. We were created to be fruitful. And I know it says be fruitful, fruitful and increase in number. Those are actually two different things. Increasing in number is a subset of fruitfulness. It, it's part, it's part of, it's part of fruitfulness. But fruitfulness is about so much more than numbers. It's about so much more than just that. Meaning and and purpose mark a fruitful life. Hollow deceptive philosophy has sold us on the idea that success is more important than significance. It's not. Back in the last century, which seems to be a strange thing to say, but back in the last century, there are people with driver's license now who do not remember the last century. That's, that's just wrong. But back in the last century, there was a, uh, a, a Norwegian artist uh, named Edvard Munch who, uh, who did a painting, very famous painting, called The Scream. And you've probably seen it at some point in time. The reason it's, it's so evocative, the reason it's, it's so, so famous and, and, and so well known is because it captures so much of the essence of modern life. It captures so much of the essence of, of life being controlled by hollow and deceptive philosophy. We're too tired to be fruitful. We're too busy to be fruitful. We're too distracted. We're too preoccupied. We're too bored. We're too scared. We're too 
proud. We're too overwhelmed to be fruitful. So the answer is here. Jesus said, remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Continue in Christ. Just as you receive Christ, continue in him. And fruitfulness will come. It has to come. It has to happen. He he said later on, you didn't choose me. I chose you. I chose you to bear fruit. Fruit that will last. That will endure. Love. Joy. Peace. Patience. Oh, every time I... Every time I call AT&T, I, I lose the fruit of the Spirit. <laughs> Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Fruit that will last. And one last thing, okay? We were created to have dominion. We were created to be fruitful. We were also created to have eternal life. We were, we were created to live forever. We, we weren't created to die. Over in Genesis chapter 2, uh, when God said to Adam, you know, I've, I've given you all these trees in the garden. Now, it's just one. Don't, don't eat from that one because if you do, death's going to come into the world. Death will happen. And it wasn't the tree that brought death. There was, no, there was no poison in that tree. It was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And it wasn't that they didn't already have knowledge. These people, Adam and Eve, walked face to face with the living God. They had knowledge. Believe me. But the knowledge of evil came into existence when they fell, when they sinned. And and death entered the world through that. tells us over in Romans chapter 5 that death came through sin. Other creatures are destined to die. Some creatures are destined to die. I, you know, I don't, I don't understand everything about, well, this, what has a soul, what doesn't have a soul, what, what, what is it? You know, there are things, there are mysteries far beyond what I know. But I know that some creatures are created to die. Uh, salmon are created to die. And the bears are thankful for the fact that they're created to die. But even if there were no bears, they're still created to die. They, they, they're born in fresh water. They spend the first year of their life in fresh water. And then they go out into the open sea and they spend several years in the open sea eating. That's their sole reason for being there. Eat, 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 eat. And they can get up to 50, 60 pounds, some of them even 70 pounds. These are, these are big, these are big creatures. And then a time comes when they go back to spawn and they go back to the fresh water. And, you know, it's kind of, you know, it's kind of romantic, I guess. You know, they're going to go back and they're going to, they're going to spawn and they're, and then they're, then they're going to die. Well, most of them never make it back. But, but here's the thing. Once they hit the fresh water, bears are no bears, fishermen are no fishermen. They never eat again for the rest of their lives. So they are definitely going to die once they hit that fresh water. And, you know, you, and we think about these beautiful fish swimming upstream. Uh, 
Ken was telling me between services because he's up in the from the northwest. He says, you know, once the further they go upstream, they begin to decay, and parts of them begin to fall away, and things like that. Some creatures are born to die, but there is a creature for whom death just simply seems to be the wrong ending. It's it's never the one that we go, oh yeah, well that's yeah, I guess so. You know, and even though people even though people do sometimes live a long time and we go, well, they had a nice, full, long life, nobody wants to die. Everybody wants to live. And for those who are in Christ, of course, we, the, the sting has been removed from death because we know that we're just simply stepping into, a, into, another, into another phase of life because we've been given fullness of life. But, but mankind was not meant to have the, the flame of life extinguished by the, the chilly breath of death. We were created to live forever. And so in Christ, we have this fullness. For God loved the world so much that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes on Him, whoever believes, would not die, would not perish, but have, have eternal life. We read it earlier. Sin brought death into the world. But Christ has canceled the charge of legal indebtedness which stood against us. He's, he's canceled it. Taken it away by being nailed to the cross. Made a spectacle of those powers. In his weakest moment, he conquered death and brought life and made a spectacle of all of those, all of those spiritual forces, fear, greed, anger, those things that we, that we mentioned before. And he lifted the indebtedness that was against us. This, uh, this past couple of years been an, has been an interesting one for me. Some of you, I've, I've shared this with some of you, but I don't know that I've shared it in... I've shared, I've shared a little bit about it in the services. Um, uh, three years ago, three years ago, um, my son had a wreck, and he had it in a car that I had sold to him four years ago. And everything got all, everything got all, all messed up. Um... Uh, when they filled out the accident report, they used an old um, registration, so they put my name down as the owner. And uh, at that point in time, uh, you know, he had four kids and one uh, income family. Anyway, he didn't have insurance. And uh, so a couple months later, I start getting I start getting letters telling me that I owe all this money to. Uh, uh, to the insurance company, and he uh, he also obviously is getting them as well. But I'm the one who's really getting them because my car, right? At least it's supposed to be, been sold a year before, and the title had been transferred. Well, make a long story short, uh, he um, he made a um, um, a deal with the insurance company to pay uh, to pay it off, to settle it, and started paying it off and settling it. But I kept getting letters. Uh, in fact, they suspended my license at one point in time, and that's a whole lot of fun. How many of you know that once you pay off a big company, they don't stop asking for money? Oh, hallelujah. Uh, and so anyway, uh, you know, I got my license sorted back out and everything going, oh, this is, this is, this is crazy. Uh, 
And so we thought we had it all settled. He had paid it off, and, and I had done. And then uh, we get a notice about a year ago uh, uh, inviting us to, well, actually, it's a summons, telling us to come to court to pay this money. And we're going, what? So, you know, we go to court, and they say, okay, will you go and talk to the lawyer who, uh, who's representing the company? So we're going to talk to the lawyer and explain everything. He said, okay, well, I'll, I'll, I'll check into this, and we'll get it straightened out. Well, that, that was code for you're coming back in three months to do this all over again. So we come back in three months. We do it all over again. Go out and talk to a, a different lawyer this time. He's, he's nicer. The first one was tall and arrogant and stuff. You know, the next one was a short, sandy-haired, nice guy. And, you know, and I, and I, and I hand him the, uh, the title, and he goes, oh, well, yeah, obviously this wasn't your car and everything. Yeah, we'll get this straightened out, which means you're coming back in four months because we want our money. And so this time when we came back, we went, nope. No, whatever the next step is, that's what we want to do. So the next step came about a month ago, and, and, we're, and we're there. And this time, I don't know, it's, it's not a jury or anything, but, you know, they was going to make a decision. And they took a recess right before us, and they said, well, you know, y'all go out and talk. And we go out and talk to the fourth lawyer that is representing them. And he goes, okay, tell me about this. And I'm going to tell you about this. So we told him about this. You know, it wasn't my car, and he's already paid it off, and... You know, this is the fourth time we've been here, blah, blah, blah. He said, okay, let's go back in. So we go back in, and and I'm an old man, so i got to go to the restroom by now. So I, I you know, I leave my, my papers and stuff that I brought, and I go out to the restroom. And, and as I'm coming back, Isaac comes walking out, and he's got my papers, the stuff that I left. He said, it's dismissed. And I'm like, I hope it was dismissed with prejudice. <laughs> Which means they can't bring it up again. Uh, it, it feels so good to have something of which you're falsely accused lifted from you. It feels even better to have something that you're totally guilty of lifted from you with prejudice. Can never be brought up again. Because Jesus Christ nailed that sucker to the cross and has set us free. And we have fullness in Him. Fullness can live an abundant life. And if we remain in Him, not only these things that that I was talking about that are in Him, but more that I don't even know about is out there. Hollow and deceptive philosophy. Fullness in Christ. Where are you rooted? Would you stand with me? Those who are going to pray for people, uh, come forward this morning. And if you're here and you don't know Christ, we'd love to introduce you to Him. And He, he knows you. And he wants you to know him. That's why he brought you here. And he did indeed bring you here. If you're here and you, you do know Christ, it's still a fallen world. And you may have some, you may have some needs. You come. We, we'd like to pray, pray with you. I mean, you know, you can go home and Google it if you want to. But let's, let's take it to God first. All right? Uh, he cares. He loves you. If, you. if you don't need to come worship with us, 
for a few moments. We'll create an atmosphere for those, for those who are coming.